This is the eighth episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News content and then break it down so you don't have to. This project is made possible due to the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity Initiative at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. I'm a recent graduate of that program. And as I had to explain to most of my family members and friends from out of state, CUNY is short for City University of New York. Hunter Biden's laptop is a portal to hell. Title 42 is a migrant ticking time bomb. And I guess we still have to cover this war in Ukraine. A condensed overview of 15 hours of Fox News for week ending April 10th, 2022. Fox News viewers would believe that Hunter Biden's laptop caused the war in Ukraine and is part of a massive cover-up about the origins of the COVID-19 virus. They might also believe that the U.S. is about to be invaded by millions of fentanyl-laden human traffickers, the second Title 42, a Trump-era policy restricting COVID-19-positive migrants, is lifted. The war in Ukraine was covered, but the network's enthusiasm for reporting on a war that could easily trigger World War III seems to be waning. That was last week. Um, the Hunter Biden laptop has become the all-purpose go-to excuse for pretty much everything the Republicans and Fox want to blame about the world. Like, everything. Tucker Carlson last week tied it into the start of the war in Ukraine. And this week, not to be undone, Laura Ingram wrapped it around a COVID-19 cover-up story. And I'm just going to play that clip. We're just going to get right to it because there's a lot to this week's show. It was an easy setup to get some CCP-connected company to put him on the payroll and hope that some of that money would ultimately trickle down to a principal, a.k.a. the big guy, Joe Biden. Now, could this explain, at least partially, why Biden has still not unveiled a sensible China strategy? Why he's not held China accountable at all for its destruction of the evidence at the Wuhan lab? House Republicans are claiming that they have significant circumstantial evidence that COVID-19 originated in a lab. Has the White House seen any circumstantial evidence that it did not originate in a lab? Well, I think first I would caution you against disproving a negative there, uh, which is never the responsible approach in our view when it, when it comes to getting to the bottom of the root causes of a pandemic that has killed hundreds of thousands of people in the United States. She should put out a Best of Lies album. That would be a big hit. So this is the latest conspiracy theory on the Hunter Biden laptop. And it is completely absurd to suggest that the U.S. president could somehow single-handedly block an investigation into the origins of a global pandemic because it was a global phenomena. So there are scientists in every single continent right now as I speak, looking into every facet of this virus, looking in, including the origin of this virus. Two huge studies were just released, published on the New York Times and other outlets that point to the true origin of the disease, and they're all pointing right back to where we thought it was originally, the Wuhan market. Just a naturally occurring leap from one species to another, which has been happening since the beginning of time. We can prove it. Bubonic plague, Black Death, were both spread this way. Animals living next to human beings in close contact cause pandemics. So not that crazy. Um, 
And as far as disinformation is concerned, both the Chinese and the Russian governments are both pushing their own crazy spins on this Hunter Biden laptop because they just can't help themselves. Fox is helping them right along. Um, and the Republicans are already turned this into their next Benghazi. You know, they've got the Department of Justice investigation is already happening, but the Republicans want to just push it further. And they've already said that if they win the House back at the midterms, they're going to go full throttle into Hunter Biden. So we will never stop hearing about this ridiculous laptop and homemade porn and crack smoking by a sad, broken man. Um, I put in some great links on the newsletter that are recent from this past week about updates from the Hunter Biden laptop. It's kind of hard to find them on any news sources other than like New York Post and Fox because they're trying to really run with it. And most of the, the press is kind of just like rolling their eyes over it because a lot of the stuff can't actually be verified on it. And so far, there is no smoking gun yet. They keep claiming there is, but there isn't. If there was, trust me, we'd know about it. So the next story I want to do is called In Search of a Poll. And I did this because I wanted to show you how difficult it can be to debunk disinformation. And your average viewer is never going to go through these crazy steps. So when your uncle or your dad or your coworker tells you a crazy story that they heard on Fox and you think, now, what are you talking about? It could take you like two hours to figure out how to debunk this. So this, this is one I'm going to show you how to debunk. And that is the poll that they keep dropping. And here's the number you need to remember. 16% of Biden voters would have changed their vote to Trump if they knew now what was revealed about the Hunter Biden's laptop. Now, I heard that on Laura Ingram. And I immediately went, okay, this is like the 10th time I've heard this poll. No one will say where they got the poll from. And they changed the number. It was lower before. Now, all of a sudden, it's 16%. So I said, all right, let's look into this. So I Googled 16% uh, of Biden voters Hunter laptop. That took me to the post-millennial. So I read the post and it, this, the headline is literally like 16%. I mean, it's directly what I just typed. So I, I just scanned through the article. I can't find anything. It mentions, oh, here's the poll. And there's a hyperlink. Like, according to a poll, hyperlink. I click on the link. It takes me to a story on The Federalist from October 2020 that's about abortion. And I include that. All these links are in the, in the newsletter. So I'm like, okay, why is there, why did that link take me to an article about abortion called Babies Are Being Left to Die in America? President Trump just helped more of them live. Okay, so then I go, fine. So I go to the front page of The Federalist. I need to find this poll. I find another headline, article dated April 7th, Evita Duffy, student reporter. I click on that. And then I read through, cannot find mention of the poll, cannot mention a hyperlink to the poll, cannot find a, a hyperlink to the poll. I find this quote about, you know, first couple of paragraphs up. And now we know that 16% of Biden voters say they would not have voted for Biden had they learned about Hunter's laptop before election day. Okay. She does not cite the poll. That is the first mention of it. And I just think to myself, am I supposed to keep track of every article you that you've written? And like keep notes because what are you talking about and now we know what where's the hyperlink what are you talking about what is that in reference to so i keep going and i'm like 
Let's just look through all the hyperlinks on this article. There were 18 hyperlinks on this article. Now, standard journalistic practice is when you say, for instance, um, in 2021, Eric Adams was elected mayor of New York. You should, for your reader, include a hyperlink that takes you to a story that backs that claim. Even though that might seem very obvious, it may not be to every reader. So you need to, when you state a fact, usually you need to include a hyperlink that takes the reader to verification of that fact. Now, 18 hyperlinks in one article. 13 of those hyperlinks take me to other articles in The Federalist. Completely, completely useless. No way to find this original poll. So I go back to the post-millennial. In the subheading, I find Media Research Center in very fine print for this poll. So then I have to Google Media Research Center. And then I find out the number is actually 17%, not 16%. And the actual metric has nothing to do with Hunter Biden. It's a bunch of stories together that were negative about Joe Biden. This is a push poll. So they were calling people and they were leading the answer with, what if we told you all these horrible stories about Hunt, uh, Joe Biden? Would you have voted for him? That's what a push poll is. This is a very commonly done trick by pollsters. It's old as the hills. So this is what, this is the first paragraph about this poll. This should just tell you all you need to know about the veracity of this poll. The left-wing news media didn't just poison the information environment with their incessantly negative coverage of President Trump going into the 2020 election. They also refused to give airtime to important arguments of the Republican campaign, both pro-Trump and anti-Biden, which meant millions of voters cast their ballots knowing only what the media permitted them to know about the candidates. Okay, that's obviously partisan. I mean, that's completely obviously they have an agenda. So I go to Influence Watch to see what the Media Research Center, which is where I found this poll, again, all the links are in the newsletter, to get, and I find out it's far right wing, and they get most of their funding from far right wing conservative foundations like the Mercer family, the same group that has backed Milo Yiannopoulos and Breitbart. Then the absolutely crazy part of this absurd poll is they dared to say that the Tara Reid accusations of sexual assault on the part of Joe Biden was not covered in the mainstream press. And I like audibly screamed because I personally probably read 25 articles about the Tara Reid accusations. I read articles that were about other articles. I read articles that were about nuances of her story. I read court documents from that woman. I know more about Tara Reid than probably her relatives know about her. I, there was so much press on that story. Just shut your mouth if you're going to try to tell me with a straight face that the mainstream media did not cover it. You're out of your freaking mind. So that's what this magical poll that they claim is proof that the entire election was rigged because the general public didn't know en enough about the Hunter Biden story is based on. It, highly partisan, funded by billionaires who are highly partisan. This is completely hack. And that's why no one would name the source of the poll. Now to keep a running tally, so far Fox News has blamed the war in Ukraine on Hunter Biden's laptop 
uh, cover up into the origin of the COVID-19 pandemic and a rigged presidential election all on the Hunter Biden laptop. That's how laughable this is. I'm getting all worked up. I kind of feel like my Judge Janine right now. And I will admit something to you, uh, dear listeners, that sometimes when I am practicing my Judge Janine, and yes, I practice my Judge Janine, I scare my cats. This gig is hard. I have to watch 15 hours of Fox News every week. It's not easy to do that. And I do find some joy when she's really off a rocker. She just, such a character. Okay, so the next story is about Mitt Romney. I'm just going to play the clip and you can hear it for yourself. Republicans today, Senators Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, to support Judge Katanji Brown Jackson's nomination, writing in a statement, Jackson's well qualified. She's more, she more than meets the standard of excellence and integrity. Harmeet, nevertheless, um, the people of Utah know that Mitt Romney voted against her Court of Appeals appointment last year. Uh, so what changed? And isn't it, you know, pretty, I mean, obvious that when it comes to the Second Amendment, religious liberty, she's going to be voting with Sotomayor and the left. And is that what Utah, Maine, and Alaska really want? Bye-bye gun rights oh, if the they get their thing, way. The only th the only thing that changed, Laura, is that we know a lot more horrifying things about the background of this judge. And and for, for anybody to double down and say she wasn't qualified to be on the D.C. Circuit, but she is qualified to be on the highest court of the land for decades, is truly shocking and a repudiation of the voters of Utah. And so he is up for election in 2024. And I hope that a good Republican stands up or many stand up to run against him so that the voters of Utah are finally represented by somebody who shares their values, yeah. not this carpetbagger who's imposing his, you know, woke ideology on, on the people of Utah. Now, can you believe he was the Republican nominee in 2012? And I supported him. Uh, I'm, I, I supported I have to have a him. I went out about there that. and campaigned yeah. for him. I'm embarrassed yeah, we about did. it. So. All right, Harmate. We then to run for re-election to the Senate. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a free country. I think he has every right to do what he thinks is best. But I think you clearly see Massachusetts values in a Utah senator. And I think that uh, that's probably not sustainable. He probably can't get reelected when you guys come down to it. So he's probably better off to go out in a blaze of glory uh, running for the president one more time. So that clip last week got 18,000 views on Twitter, which was kind of unbelievable. And uh, because Romney started trending and everybody went berserk for anything Romney. Uh, I did hear from a lot of Utah voters who basically said Romney will have that seat until he dies or as long as he wants it. I know it's very difficult to unseat an incumbent senator. Uh, so I think they might be a lot of wishful thinking on the part of Fox, but who knows? You know, right now we've got a wacky, wacky political situation. Um, but that was kind of crazy. You could just see how immediately they throw a Republican under the bus the minute they step out of line. And by the way, I do have a clip of them from Fox and Friends saying that Manchin should run for president. That Senator Joe Manchin from... West Virginia. I don't know who would vote for him because he's not really a Democrat. He's not really a Republican, but whatever. The next clip I took, I'm fascinated by the angles that Laura Ingram does, at, usually at the top of her show, but sometimes at the first half of the show, she does, the, this is the angle, where it's like an extended monologue, much like Tucker does. And um, I always put them together and then I splice them up to turn them into one kind of monologue. And this week I condensed it down to a little bit less than two minutes. I'm going to play it for you. You'll get a sense of how her language is and how hyperbolic she gets. 
I cut quite a bit out of this because it, it, you know, it would be like 40 minutes if I didn't cut it down. Race clowns rush in. According to a new book, Biden assessed Fox News as one of the most destructive forces in the United States. In the fact that the CCP is still active on Twitter, while Trump, maybe someone like Sullivan, is banned. Well, for a moment, you did kind of forget that Biden was the president. That Biden sees it as his mission to allow in as many illegals into the country as possible over the next three years. Maybe as many as 10 or 15 million when all is said and done. Sex talk with kids. January 6th and prosecuting Trump. Destroying women's sports. But first, doom and groom. The gender unicorn is sexual influence peddling. And to help them, we have created the Ingram Angle Parent Portal. And to think that he once wrote a book called Liberal Fascism, a journalist who nurse at the CCP's bosom, China is working overtime to marginalize and ultimately eclipse the United States militarily and economically. Now, China would never dare take that threatening a posture under Trump. We know they would not, a.k.a. the big guy, Joe Biden. She should put out a Best of Lies album. That would be a big hit. Yet something is holding Biden back from forcefully warning China not to fund Russia's brutal rampage. Now, if you wondered how and why Disney went from being a family entertainment company to an activist front group with the magic wokedom, she took special umbrage against yours truly, can you imagine that? And take up a pen against China. They're real human rights abuses. So you can kind of get from that clip her, the sense of her rhetoric. It's very heightened, much like Tucker Carlson. And another thing that she does is she is very, very obsessed with China, more so than anyone else on the network I've seen, and that she ties everything back to China. And it's interesting because I've even seen her lament the China's uh, first most favored nation status, which she says was a huge, huge mistake on the part of the U.S. Now, let me take you through a timeline of our relations with China, which Laura seems to conveniently forget. The first president to visit China was in 1972. That was Richard Nixon, very much a Republican. China enacted free market reforms in 1978 to prevent mass starvation due to problems they were having with collective farming. Basically, they told farmers, you can sell a little bit of your surplus locally. That's fine. We don't care. And that started uh, what we have now today, which is you have billionaires in China and millionaires in China and the top elite party members who are ridiculously wealthy. Um, the free market reform started in 1978. Now, in the 80s, uh, Reagan and other Republicans were really big on free trade. We need to open up trade. They wanted uh, basically the cheap labor that they could get in Asia. So they really pushed for, don't worry, this is not going to hurt our economy. Sure, we might lose some manufacturing jobs, but we'll gain other types of jobs in the process. And some of that is true. Some of that did happen. But we did lose quite a bit of manufacturing jobs that were very high paying. That started in the 80s. The, the thought in the 1980s was, if we give them, if we let them have capitalism and we encourage capitalism, that will somehow magically open up democracy because a free market will lead to a free society. That's not at all what happened. Uh, in 1989, there were pro-democracy protests 
at Tiananmen Square. And if you're a Gen Xer like myself, you probably remember what happened to those poor pro-democracy demonstrators and that they were murdered by the Chinese government. Some were run over by tanks. It was a huge, huge human rights abuse. And after the Tiananmen Square massacre, uh, George H.W. Bush decided to give China favored nations trade status. So that goes all the way back, pre-Clinton. So to blame Democrats for this is absolute nonsense. So another theme last week that's pushed very, very heavily was the idea of the border crisis being completely out of control. This is more of the same of Fox promoting a white supremacist conspiracy theory known as the Great Replacement. Carnage in Ukraine that is heart-stoppingly awful and horrendous and probably war crimes. This is criminal, what's happening Absolutely. at our border. This is an invasion of the United States. And the, and the media, the other networks, oh, they, if they barely, it's a glancing picture every now and then. So, so again, much like Fox and Friends and Tucker Carlson, she's repeating the same theme, that somehow our southern border being, uh, is being invaded as the same as Ukraine is being invaded by Russia, which I'm sure there are areas of Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, California, where there are some rough spots with immigrants. I'm sure there are. But to, to make a claim that it's the same as heavy artillery, shelling of apartment buildings, war crimes, the, you know, a missile hitting um, a train station, babies dying, it's just completely absurd and offensive on every level and insulting to the good people of Ukraine. It's just like, could you just stop? This all goes back to the idea that this immigration policy is to purposely replace white people with a different demographic to change the politics of the United States. They blatantly say this. This is a conspiracy that was started in France. It's called the Great Replacement. It's nonsense because what you're actually seeing, if you look at the demographics of the United States, we're just melding. We're becoming more and more mixed than anything else. But they don't want to say that. There's this, you know, it's, it's better to just scare people with a scapegoat and a boogeyman of, oh, no, Brown people are entering the United States, run for your lives. It's basically what they're doing. This next clip got a ton of play on Twitter. Actually, it was the tweet about it that got a lot of retweets. Um, so just something lighthearted. Geraldo Rivera always gives it to me. This is dubious expert of the week. Um, he's not really an expert, but he gets something completely wrong. And you'll hear it in this clip. It's kind of hilarious. Geraldo, I love you because you always give me funny clips. Here we go. I think that the whole area of student loans has to be rethought along the lines that we've been talking about. The kids get way too much money. They get money to sit on their asses and enjoy themselves for four years. No, seriously. And in colleges would give professors, uh, you know, seven, eight hundred thousand dollar salaries. Yeah. And in colleges would give professors, uh, you know, seven, eight hundred thousand dollar salaries. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's become obscene. But I do think that you do need reform. You've got to limit the amount that a kid can borrow. You've got to uh, make sure that there's, uh, not, uh, that there's competitive rating rates. Uh, and that you have to allow bankruptcy. And make good you decisions. have to allow bankruptcy. Professors are getting 800 grand a year. Well, some department heads. <laughs> I want to meet the professor who's making $700,000 a year, much less $800,000 a year. Adjuncts, like, have three jobs. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like all the adjuncts at, in my program were all working full time and they would just pick up a class to make a little extra money. I mean, it's not most college professors is a very humble, humble job as far as pay is concerned. I mean, that's just they usually have other things going on in the 
teaching is just to get insurance, honestly. So <laughs> that was just laughable. That did very, very well on Twitter. I played that clip twice, so you could definitely hear what he says there. Um, so next up really quickly, because we're running out of time, and I want to keep this down to 30 minutes. There's stories Fox ignored last week, and I'm just going to go down because there's a lot. So this is all in the newsletter, tons and tons of links. I probably have like 50 hyperlinks in this, this week's newsletter, so many links. So um, the United Nations came out with a third installment of their climate report, and it was more bad news. Of course, Fox didn't mention it. Ginny Thomas tech scandal, it was mentioned once last week, and it was dismissed immediately on Fox. That's very, it's a crazy scandal where Jenny Thomas is basically saying overthrow the government to Mark Meadows. Um, the acquittal of two men in the 2020 plot to kidnap Michigan, the Michigan governor. I thought Fox would report on that. They did not. They probably will next week. We'll see. The new abortion bill in Oklahoma was completely ignored, which was surprising. They did discuss the story about five fetuses found in a D.C. home by a pro-life advocate, which is deeply disturbing. Um, there were riots in Peru over inflation that were kind of a big deal. Fox completely ignored them. PBS did not. Of course, Fox would ignore that story because they don't want their viewers to realize that inflation is very much a global problem. And then possible price gouging in the energy sector. Uh, that was a big story on PBS. And they had a great quote by Democrat Representative Diana, Diana DeJet of Colorado where she claimed the oil and gas companies received $30 billion in federal subsidies. And it also included a chart that showed the price of crude oil dropping while the price of gasoline stayed high. None of that was covered on Fox News. So the buy this, the numbers segment this uh, past week was very interesting because when the war first broke out in Ukraine, Fox and PBS kind of looked very similar and that they both spent a lot of time on Ukraine. That has completely changed in the past two weeks. And that Fox is, it almost seems they're, they're reluctantly reporting on it. They don't really care anymore. And they've, they're pushing more tabloid sensational stories like the Hunter Biden story. They've made the border into this crazy thing. And then if you look at the word usage for last week as well, like it always cracks me up how AOC and Hillary Clinton, no matter what, are included. And that they were putting far more focus on Hunter Biden and um, kind of these crazy stories than they were like Ukraine and, you know, World War II right around the corner. Didn't really talk about it. Now, this last clip, it just cracked me up because I'm Gen X and I grew up with uh, Gen X SNL, which was kind of in the 80s. And they mentioned a character who was a childhood favorite. And the Lady Gaga tribute, though, to Tony Bennett. That was nice. It was nice. It was. And look, she should be congratulated for her kindness mm -hmm. toward Tony Bennett. Uh, but, and, you know, she's a powerhouse. But I noticed she's adopted this frenetic, staccato, almost side-crooning style when she sings the great American songbook. This is from last night. Watch. You what see what I mean? It's a kind of, it's an odd approach. It's an odd, it's, it's almost like a oh, spoof yeah. of the style. You know, it reminded me a bit of that Martin Short character, Jackie Rogers Jr. Do you remember that character? Love. Exciting and new. While I grab the crew. On the love boat. The love boat. 
So Jackie Rogers Jr. was a character created by Martin Short that appeared on um, SCTV and then later uh, SNL, Saturday Night Live. It was absolute genius. That is not an insult to Lady Gaga. That is a compliment. And I happen to know two musicians who play with her, the, the main one being uh, Brian Newman. If you see the uh, trumpet tattoo on her arm, Brian has a matching one. They are very close friends. She's also close friends with his wife, Angie Pontani, who's a brilliant burlesque performer in New York. I will be very defensive of Lady Gaga because, uh, anyway. So, yeah. So thank you so much for listening this week. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Please check me out on all platforms. I'm going to try to mix up some of the stuff I have on TikTok and YouTube soon. I'm not sure when. It's very difficult. This is very much a one-woman show. Um, I do fear that Fox is going in a very anti-LGBTQ direction, and I am prepared to fight them with everything I've got. I am loaded up with links for that. Um, but I wanted to focus on Hunter Biden since that was the main thrust this week. We'll be, I will be back next week with a new show. Thank you so much for coming. Have a wonderful holiday, everybody, if you celebrate Easter or Passover. Thank you, Thank you so much.